What? What? Welcome in to the Fantasy Football Fathers Podcast, where only one of us is an actual father and none of us are priests. I am your host today, Trey Stinky Fingers Jose, joined by my man, Tyler Big Irby Erbach. How you doing, man? What's up? How's everyone out there? Uh, they're probably doing a lot better than Jim, who's not here. Uh, once again, uh, the COVID's going around. I had it last week. Now he has it. He's on his deathbed, so T's and P's for that guy. Or whatever kind of weird voodoo stuff you do. Hopefully he gets better. <laughs> <laughs> but so yeah, it's the Fantasy Football Fathers podcast. Uh, this episode, we're going over the Week 5 wa- week five waiver wire pickups, and we'll go over all the entries that also happen. But before we dive into that, make sure you follow us on Twitter, at the FF Fathers, and make sure you like and subscribe, whatever platform you're listening on and if you can be so kind give us five stars because that's the only rating that we accept if you're not going to give us five stars you can just keep it moving and uh yeah i think that pretty much covers all the bases right should we just dive into it yeah let's get it all right well so we're in week five and typically at this point in the season a lot of injuries are happening right and we got some pretty big ones to discuss um, we should probably do the biggest injury of the week. Javante Williams, he tore his ACL, damaged his LCL, and his PCL. Just all the L's. He's taking all the L's right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so obviously he's going to be out for the season. At this point, Melvin Gordon is the obvious winner in the situation. But he has fumbled four times in the last four games. And that brings us into who's probably going to be like one of the bigger waiver wire pickups of this week, which is Mike Boone. He seems to be in a pretty favorable spot to get more touches. He hasn't gotten much work throughout his career. He's been in the league for five years. I don't think he's ever had more than like 10 carries in a game. The most he's had in a season is like 40. But he does average around five and a half yards, six yards a carry. So I imagine he does okay when he gets the ball. I mean, how do you feel about this guy? I mean, he should probably be stashed in case there's also something that happens to, to Melvin Gordon. But I mean... Yeah, it's not something that I'm like putting a lot of. Yeah, I'm not. He's, I'm not throwing in my lineup by any means, but he should probably be a stash for sure. Um, you never know what might what could happen. And something that's also going under the radar is Latavius Murray got signed by him. I didn't even realize that until I was uh, getting all of our pre work done for this episode. Did you know that? Yeah, I, I saw that notification today that they signed him off of the off of a somebody's practice squad. I don't can't remember if it was the Saints or not, but yeah, he's on the practice squad. And I mean, why not? He's a good downhill back and he's a veteran guy who you know you can rely on yeah that's pretty much what i was gonna say it seems like every time he gets to come in and help out a team that has injured running backs he always performs pretty decently and i mean last week he came off the practice squad for the saints and he had a pretty good game he had like 60 yards and a touchdown so i mean i was pretty big on mike boone before i saw latavius murray got signed and it tempered my expectations a little bit i mean do you think this becomes like an actual running back committee where all three of these guys are being used. Um, no, I think Melvin's probably your guy still. I think he'll end up getting probably, you know, 75, 80% of the touches, um, at least early, especially week, you know, in this coming week. So maybe it becomes a little more evolved as the season goes, especially if Melvin continues to have the fumbling issues that he's having right now. But, uh, but no, I think you're, you're good going with Melvin Gordon. Yeah, I would agree. In my own selfish way, though, I do hope Mike Boone does really good because it's a free for all for him this week. He's owned in like zero percent of leagues, which is you know rightfully so before the Javante Williams injury. Yeah, and it's going to be a free for all on the waiver wire. I imagine if you're in a twelve team league, eight teams are probably going to try to pick this guy up. So if you end up being the winner of that, it could really help you out if Melvin Gordon loses his hold in that backfield. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so that wraps that up. Also, the Raiders beat the shit out of the Broncos in that game, so uh, shout out to the Raiders. But anyways, <laughs> uh, another important running back also got injured, not as horribly, though. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, he went down with an ankle injury late in the game on Sunday. Initially, the reports were high ankle sprain, which those can be pretty dangerous, uh, as we know with Mac Jones. But right now, they're treating it as like a less serious ankle injury. Plus, the Colts play um, Thursday night football. So he's got a short week to even get healthy. If he doesn't get healthy, Naheem Hines seems like the next dude up. Uh, 
They also signed Philip Lindsay from the practice squad, and they have undrafted free agent Deion Jackson, who I know absolutely nothing about. Have you seen that guy? <laughs> I imagine you watch him play college ball because you watch a lot of college ball. Um, man, I I don't watch Duke play f- football. I'm sorry. Uh, they're a basketball mm. school. I don't care about their football team. So yeah, uh, no, I have not seen them play at all. Okay, so yeah, we know nothing about this guy then. Um, so if Jonathan Taylor does miss times, uh, miss time, Naeem Hines becomes a a must start. Would you say? Oh, absolutely. I mean, he's never been like the the best guy in between the tackles, but he's serviceable there. But the, the biggest thing is like he's gonna get all the snaps. Yeah, you know, I'm sure Deion Jackson. I'm sure they'll they'll throw him in here and there, but Hines will end up having a, a pretty large role. Um, and honestly, I think even if Taylor does play, you're, I think Hines is a really good flex play this week because he's they're not gonna throw Taylor in his normal workload. Um, it's just one of those things, you know. It, the hand was spraying, he could he could tweak it at any point in time during the week. He could tweak it early in the game. Um, they think that there's a chance that he's gonna play, but no, uh, I mean Hines should be a good a good play for you regardless of the status of Taylor this week. Well, good old Heinz 57. Do you think, uh, <laughs> let's just say, <laughs> he gets more than 57 yards this week, right? I think that's like an absolute. I, I kind of figured you were going with the over under there. <laughs> uh, so, all right. Well, I mean, I'm not sure if you get over 57 rushing yards, but total yards for sure. Yeah, and hopefully he got a touchdown. Um, who do they yeah. play on Thursday night? I uh, honestly didn't see that. So they're playing Denver. Um, and that's not a great matchup for running backs. Denver has been really stingy. They are the fifth best defense against running backs so far on the season, only giving up about 16 points a game total. So tough matchup. Well, they, they just got gashed by Josh Jacobs and the Raiders. They, though. Did. they, they really <laughs> did. Um, I mean, Jacobs had a huge game, had a lot of work out of the backfield too. So, um, I mean, there's that, that's the problem with like some of these rankings early in the season is that like, one game could mean nothing. I mean, um, look at the Chiefs and their defense and what they did to the you know Buccaneers offense yesterday, especially the running backs. Yeah, that's a good point, definitely. But you know, for the sake of all of us who have not very good running backs, which is most of us, because the running back situation is horrible this year. Hopefully, Naheem Hines comes through for people who drafted him as a handcuff. You know, so let's uh, let's move on from that. Traylon Burks, Tennessee Titans rookie wide receiver. He has turf toe. The expectation he's going to end up on IR, so he's going to miss at least four weeks. And turf toe is really iffy anyways. That might bother him the whole season, right? Yeah, turf toe is one of those weird ones. I mean, it's, it's similar to like a hamstring terms. Like it's super easy to tweak. Um, but yeah, that's just one of those weird ones. Um, but I mean, in all honesty, it doesn't matter. It's Derrick Henry or Bus for the Titans offense right now. I don't care that Burks is out. I'm not going to try to pick up Robert Woods. You read my mind. I was going to ask how you feel about him, <laughs> and he already said, yeah, I, I totally agree, honestly. Until they start to pass the ball more effectively, I have no interest in that. anyone besides Derrick Henry, definitely. Yeah. Um. So Daniel Jones, he also left the game with an ankle injury, and he was forced to return after Tyrod Taylor got a concussion. But then once Daniel Jones came back, the Giants mostly ran a wildcat formation. So they obviously didn't even want him to drive back and throw the ball. So I, the only reason I even bring that up is because um, I really like Kadarius Tony, but he's been a dud this year. There's like a decent amount of hype around Wandell Robinson right now. I think everyone's just hoping that a Giants receiver will be good. But after seeing this injury and Tyrod Taylor being on concussion protocol, I have no, no love for this offense at all besides Saquon. <laughs> Saquon. Barkley. <laughs> Saquon Barkley. Um, yeah, what did I just say about the Titans? Uh, same for the Giants. Yeah. Like, it's Saquon or Bus on this offense. You don't want anybody else until, you know, yeah, it's TBD for everybody else. Yeah, definitely. One of them's going to have a big week one of these weeks and just get picked up, and you're going to be so disappointed, whether it's Wandale or Kadarius or some random player on their team. Well, yeah, you'll be really upset horrible. when you put them in your lineup and then they throw a dud out the following week. Yeah, exactly. That's It's too volatile. I'm not messing with them. But um, speaking of quarterbacks and concussions, you know, Mac Jones, he's been injured with a high ankle sprain. Brian Hoyer was playing. He got a concussion. 
So that leaves New England with Bailey Zapp as their most likely quarterback this week. So kind of repeating <laughs> the same theme, it's another offense just to avoid, right? We're not starting any of those pass catchers. Devontae Parker had a good game a couple weeks ago, but that was like a one-off thing. Yeah. The one thing I will say, it does kind of seem, I don't know, man, like this backfield is still so confusing because it kind of seemed like Ramondre Stevenson was taking over, but at the same time, like we said last week, Damian Harris is still the more productive back out of them. So it's really hard to to say that for sure. I think either one of them could be flex plays, and I would lean towards um, Damian, Damian Harris um, over Ramondre. Oh, but yeah. at the same time, they're playing. But at the same time, they are playing Detroit this week. Who has mm. the worst defense in the league in almost every category. Have you seen this crazy stat? They are the highest scoring offense in the, in the league, scoring 140 points through four games. Their defense has given up 141 points so far this season. Uh, <laughs> like <just> That's <laughs> insane. I mean... No one would ever guess that the Seattle Seahawks and Detroit Lions would have a shootout that ended 48 to 45. This is how bad yeah, the defense is. Yeah, that, that's horrible. It, it's very typical of the Lions. Who would have thought like the ankles that they'd be biting off would be their own? <laughs> <laughs> but hey, man, it's exciting football and their, and their offense is clicking. It's electric. So uh, that's awesome, and it's going to make them more competitive. They're just not going to win a ton of games. Yeah, yeah, and we'll talk about Jared Goff here in a second because it was impressive how they did that without most of their core guys, you know, missing yeah. Amon Ra, um, and DeAndre Swift was out, right? So yep, it should be interesting. It should be worth noting, though, that uh, Bailey Zapp, he did come in during that short amount of time versus the Packers, and he did re- didn't really do that bad. He was 10 for 15, 99 yards, touchdown. Uh, he did get sacked three times, which is concerning. But you know, he didn't seem to look horrible. So, yeah, are you say, would you ever start Bailey Zapp in any league, two quarterback league this week? I think a two quarterback league where you're struggling um, at quarterback. You know, maybe you're part of that Trey Lance injury. Maybe you're you're down with yeah Tua, and he's out now. Um, you know, something like that. Then yeah, I could probably consider it. But outside of that, no. Yeah, definitely, definitely not for me. No, thank you. And something about his name. He seems like a creative player. Bailey Zapp. I don't know. It just <laughs> seems like it's just a corny name you would see like on a created names in Madden. <laughs> right. But um, continuing the concussion theme that we have right now, Isaiah McKenzie for the Bills. He's in concussion protocol also. And his teammate, Jamison Crowder, broke his ankle. He's out indefinitely. So it seems like the wide, wide receiver three position for the Bills might be open this week. And that would open that spot for um, Khalil Shakir. Khalil. Yeah. I want to say Shakir so bad, like Tupac. <laughs> Khalil Shakir. Yeah, I know. It's, yeah. It's right there. But yeah, I mean, you think it would. He's a guy who, you know, I think like I have him in our dynasty league on my taxi squad. Um, you know, he's a guy that I think has a lot of talent and could end up doing something in this league. He just needs the opportunity. And obviously he's buried on the depth chart, but shoot, man, if McKenzie doesn't make it out of concussion protocol, we are no Crowder's done for more than likely the season. Um, and if Khalil can come, can come in here and take advantage of this opportunity, then it could be one of those things where when McKenzie does come back, he has a little more of a, of a timeshare. Yeah, it should be interesting, and I just love his name. I think I said it during the offseason. We were talking about receivers. Uh, it's like Khalil Mack and Tupac had a baby. Just, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Khalil Shakir. I just, I just love the name. Yeah. So, hey, yeah. Random, random thought, just real quick. Sorry, sidebar here. Uh, speaking of cool names, I didn't know this. The Raiders have a guy with the last name Diablo. You didn't know this? His name is Divine Diablo. That's amazing. That's literally his name. I know. And I hope he turns into a starter because I will buy that jersey. Oh, my God, dude. It's got to be the best name in the league. It really is. When they drafted him, I was just like, please, please be good. (laughs) So, yeah, sorry for the sidebar there, folks. I just had to see that. I saw it this weekend. I was like, no way. (laughs) Maybe it'd be like an off-season episode uh, after this season's over. We'll talk about cool names. (laughs) Hey, there's there's some out there. I, I like it. I can dig that. 
There's a lot. I could probably talk for an hour about how everyone's name is very similar. There's so many Devontes and Javantes, but we're not going to get into that. <laughs> but uh, the last injury that we're going to talk about, Cordero Patterson, he's on IR now. He's going to go undergo knee surgery. I don't know how invasive that's going to be, but at least four weeks once you go on IR. So he's definitely out at least the next four weeks, which makes space for someone you've been talking about a lot. Tyler, a.k.a. Tyler's Algier. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, did so you see it, how he looked? Did he looks okay. He looks good last week. He, look, he averaged eight yards a carry. Yeah, but the first three weeks, it was like he was running in sand. I, I just could not buy into what you were saying. Last week definitely made me switch my position a little bit, but I was not impressed the first three weeks. He looked really slow and just kind of lethargic yeah, he, i guess you would he's, say he's still learn. he's still learning the game i think he's i think he's being a little indecisive with you know choosing his holes and whatnot but um you know i think he's gonna when he gets his shot here he's gonna have have a pretty good week now i wish it wasn't against tampa bay's bucking uh buccaneers defense but you know just throw him to the fire why not well i mean shit he's got at least four weeks right try to get a yeah. nice hold in that that backfield <laughs> the, the defense don't get don't get very much easier though it's Tampa, San Francisco, and then Cincinnati. All three pretty damn good defenses. Oh, um, man. So that could be rough. He does get Carolina in week eight. So if he, if he can't do it against Carolina, then, then we're in trouble. That's like the running back gauntlet three weeks because the Bengals have yeah. a surprisingly good defense. Yep. But when uh, Cordero went down or left the game, I guess you would say, because he wasn't like significantly injured. But either way, um, he went down, and Tyler Algier and Caleb Huntley split carries. Tyler Algier, ha- Algier had 11 carries. Caleb Huntley had 10. But Algier still played more of the snaps. He played 44% of the snaps. Caleb Huntley played 22%. So that is a name to kind of float out there is Caleb Huntley might. I mean, he also has a chance to you know see what he could do in this backfield. Yeah, I would say he'd be a deep league stash um, just to see what happens. But yeah, Algier is the guy you certainly want to target if he's available. Yeah, definitely. And that will transition us into our waiver wire pickups. That wraps up all the injuries or significant ones for fantasy, at least this week. Yeah, and we touched and, on most of the on most of the pickups you want to. Yeah, right. So, yeah, we'll, we'll kind of run through the guys that we've already talked about and also bring up quite a few more names. Uh, but the first guy we're going to talk about for the waivers is Tyler Algier. Right now, rostered in 32% of leagues. You pretty much heard everything that we just said. Um the big thing I would say, even though it kind of contradicts what I was just saying about him, is he, he does pass the eye test more than than Huntley does. And Huntley hasn't even had um, any receiving work. And Tyler Algier has had a whopping one target and one catch. So <laughs> maybe he has the upside in that, that like area. Two targets and two catches on the season. Thank you oh, very much. <laughs> I, I was thinking last week, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. No, for so, sure. I mean, the interesting thing with them is that they have like the exact same build. Like Tyler Jill's 5'11", 220. Huntley is 5'10", 229. So like they're super similar builds. Um, so there's not really going to be a change of pace back right now unless they bring someone in or there's somebody on like their practice squad that we're not aware of. Um, oh, wait, there's a third guy, Avery Williams, who's a small scat back type of guy. So we'll see how all, all that works out. But either way, Algier is the guy you want to target. Yeah, I imagine he'll be one of the the hot pickups this week, for sure. Yeah, it'd be. I think him and Mike Boone really are going to be like people are going to be just chasing after these guys. Yeah, and that brings us to Mike Boone, who, like I said earlier, rostered in zero percent of leagues. Um, I mean, are you going to be going after him this week? Oh, I would definitely prefer Algier. Um, but I mean, obviously, Algier, we're assuming that get the you know step in the RB one role where Boone is stepping into an RB2 role behind Melvin Gordon. Um, I think especially early um, in the season while we're he's still trying to carve out his role with Javante Williams being out, I think you're going to see a lot of Melvin Gordon. So I wouldn't be surprised, excuse me, if uh, Gordon ends up getting, you know, like I said, like 75, 80% of these touches and, you know, something similar in, in, t- in the snap share as well. Yeah, I mean, the more we talk about it, the, the less I like him compared to two hours ago when I was <laughs> writing up this, this walkthrough here. Um, and, Latavius Murray, I think, is definitely someone to keep an eye on because he's a more seasoned vet. 
way more proven. Like I said, you know, Mike Boone's never had more than 40 carries in a season. Once Latavius Murray gets a grasp with the playbook, I would not be surprised if Latavius Murray is the RB2. Right, and I honestly, that's the other part of that bout is like, I could see him being the RB2 pretty quickly because here's the thing about running backs. When it comes, like we see, there's a reason why rookie running backs end up breaking out in this league a lot faster than you'll see it from receivers or tight ends or people on the defense side is because running the ball is running the ball. It's seeing your hole and hitting it, right? It's all about vision. knowing, And then it's just knowing like basically which side of the line you're supposed to run to when, this, when the you know, ball gets snapped. So Boone being a guy who hasn't had a lot of work in his in this league ever and Latavius Murray who at you know one point in his career was an RB1 I could just yeah. imagine that Murray takes over in the backfield and learns the offense extremely easily because of you know the way running backs like it, it's so interchangeable for a lot of teams so yeah no I that's that's my other worry with Boone is that Murray comes in and takes over that RB2 role with before Boone even gets the chance. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I reminisce in the days when he was in the Raiders and he had that thousand yard season. The Raiders had a pretty good year. One of the few we've had in recent times, but he <laughs> is rostered in 0% of leagues, Latavius Murray. So you kind of got to take it. It makes sense. He was on the two. practice squad. Oh yeah. But how quickly things change though. Now he's in a situation like we were just saying where he could be the RB two and a really strong running offense. So yeah, I would, God, it's crazy. I didn't think this like two hours ago, but now I would rather have Latavius Murray instead of Mike Boone. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm not sure. I think it's probably a coin flip, but I, it's certainly my worry. I could absolutely see Murray taking over the RB2 role um, sooner rather than later. It'd be nice to see. He's definitely serviceable. So um, that'll pretty much wrap up that Denver backfield situation. Let's talk about Rashad White. Rostered in 38% of leagues decent amount of hype about him in the offseason Leonard Fournette's been struggling all year he had negative three rushing yards on Sunday night and Byron Leftwich even said I think it was um, week three post-game presser that he wanted Rashad White involved even more and he pretty much came through on his promise because he was involved more last week and he uh, Rashad White had the most snaps that he's had all season so he seems like a pretty good ad right yeah, I think so. I think he's more of a stash play than like, you know, throw him into your flex. Um, honestly, Tampa needs to figure out their offense in general. The last two weeks, they've abandoned the run game. Like, it's really hard. Like, Leonard Fournette's one of those guys you got to like, feed him the ball and he has to get his momentum going and he gets better as the game goes on type of back. You know, he's a big dude. He's hard to bring down. He had mm-hmm. three rushing attempts Sunday night. Like, I understand a negative three yards, but three rushing attempts is not enough for a player of his caliber and a guy who can take the pressure off of Brady. You can't drop Brady back, you know, 50 times a game like they just did. Um, It's just it's just not a winnable formula, especially with the offensive line being kind of rebuilt. Brady's being pressured a lot more this season. He has in in the last couple seasons in Tampa. They need to rely on Fournette with the ball a little more. With all that being said, Rashad White. Uh, I think it's still a decent pickup and somebody who you should stash. And I think eventually he will turn into a decent flex play option for you because he's going to get his work out of the backfield in the passing game. Yeah, definitely. And if they figure out their running game, that running back situation is going to be really golden for fantasy. I mean, even though they didn't run the ball very much, just between wide white and Fournette last week, they had a hundred receiving yards, a touchdown and 12 catches. Those two running backs. Yeah. So obviously they're moving the ball through the air. They just got to figure out how to do it on the ground. So yeah, he's definitely someone worth rostering. And I mean, Fournette is, I was never too big on him. He did have a great week one, but maybe it's just the team struggling. Like you're saying, he needs to, he needs to get the ball more and get rolling. Yeah. I mean, and, and they are trying to get him the ball in other ways. Like he has been more of a pass catching back the last couple weeks as well. I think he has 12 targets and like 10 catches in the last two weeks. But, uh, but you still, you gotta let him run the ball. You know, that's what, that's what you need. Yeah, I've noticed that a lot this year with teams. They're not running the ball as much as they should be. I know it's a new NFL and they're passing the ball more, but how are you going to keep a defense honest if you're not running the goddamn ball? I think the Raiders realized that last week and they ran 30 times and did very well. So, yeah. I mean, you, you got to establish the run game. But let's move on to Pittsburgh Steelers. 
because it's going to be all about the picks in Pittsburgh. Not necessarily interceptions, right? But George Pickens, he had a pretty good game last week with Kenny Pickett being named the starter and also coming in for Mitch Trubisky. Uh, Kenny P- or George Pickens is rostered in 58% of leagues. And once Kenny Pickett came in, uh, he targeted George Pickens on four of his 13 passes. I can tell I'm just going to mess these last names up so bad. <laughs> but, <laughs> but Pickens had 71 yards and a touchdown on those four catches. And this could turn into a nice Pittsburgh connection, right? I mean, he's a rookie quarterback. They're really favorable. It seems yep. like once they find a receiver they like, they rely on him. So, I mean, how do you feel about these guys? No, Pickens becomes a much more desired player. And his roster percentage is already kind of high, but if he's available, you should absolutely grab him up. I mean, throughout the entire offseason, because they are both second-team players, they got a lot of work together. So they already established that connection. And it's going to be something that I think just builds over time. Um, so I think he's a great pickup. And actually, with that being said, when you know you asked about uh, Bailey Zapp in a two QB league, um, and if you get him, uh, Pickett is another one of those guys who, especially in, in deeper leagues or two QB leagues, should absolutely be picked up as well. Oh, I definitely pick it up, dude. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's the thing about Pittsburgh, right? He's going to start, and can, can he pick it up? <laughs> oh, he'll, oh, he'll pick it up, man. Can you? Yo, you're having trouble. Imagine the announcers on like and pick it to Pickens on a 71 yard touchdown oh, bat. Like, oh, it's gonna be a mess, man. Uh, P- Pittsburgh's gonna go crazy with that. They're gonna be all kinds of signs on the side of the stadium and stuff like that. Just, I'm telling you, Pittsburgh is gonna become a thing. It, it, it probably is. is. And if you've been living under a rock, George Pickens has been making great plays this year. Probably has the best catch of the season so far. It might be the best catch of the season. So it, it's definitely it will probably end up the best catch of the season. I mean, it was it was about the closest thing we had to to OBJ's catch um, ever. So, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, well, here's another receiver who's rostered in a decent amount of leagues, but might be available. Michael Gallup rostered in 58 percent of leagues, just like George Pickens. Um, he finally played for the first time this season. And in his first game back, he was operating as a number three receiver. He played 37 out of 47 total snaps. And he ended up running more routes than Noah Brown, who's been getting a decent amount of usage with Michael Gallup not playing. And Gallup's usage and production should only increase, right, as he gets back into season shape. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we already know Michael Gallup is a big play receiver. Um, he's been a deep threat ever since he's been in the league. So um, I would expect him to take over that, you know, our that wide receiver two role in Dallas pretty dang quickly. Um, and it wasn't 37 out of 47 total snaps. It was out of the three wide receiver set snaps. Uh, oh. but, but with that being said, yeah, he ran more routes than Noah Brown did in those, in those formations, which that's big. So that means that like the second that Michael Gallup, Michael Gallup was on the field, they're like, okay, no, go back to doing, you know, what we did before we needed you. So they, you know, he became a complete afterthought. So Gallup is going to be the guy that you want on this offense outside of CeeDee Lamb. Yeah, and, and uh, what's what's his name? Carson Rush, Cooper Rush, Cooper Rush. Um, he's actually playing pretty good. And the whole thing with Gallup is like the inconsistency with you know Dak being traditionally his quarterback. It'd be interesting to see if Cooper Rush uh, somehow finds a better connection with Gallup and makes him thrive. Because when Gallup is healthy, he's playing ninety percent of the snaps, getting nine targets. So. Mm-hmm. It'd be nice to see if they, they find a, a better connection than Dak. And I'd love to see a quarterback controversy in Dallas. They it's can not going to happen. You, you don't pay Dak that amount of money and then have a quarterback controversy. just doesn't happen. Uh, we'll see. Hey, we I mean, I will see. say, all right, I'll, I'll say this. Right? Cooper Rush is the first Dallas quarterback to start, to start his career 4-0, which is impressive. But let's be honest about this. He's not winning the games. Yes, he's having the, the fourth quarter comeback, so he's being really good in the moment. They're winning this game because of defense or these games because of the other defense. So don't get it twisted like Cooper rushes out here looking like Joe Montana. Yeah, but he is Joe Montana. So anyways, <laughs> that's just <laughs> maybe Joe Montana. <laughs> Joe Montana, you idiot. <laughs> All right. Um, so we talked about Jared Goff a little bit earlier. Let's talk about him right now. He's rostered in 51% of leagues. He's going to be a hot commodity after that 34-point game that he just had. To be fair, he did play the Seattle defense, which is 
just been horrible this year. But he was also missing Amon Ross St. Brown, DeAndre Swift. Um, who else was he missing? Josh Reynolds was not in the game. No, Reynolds played. Oh, okay. Um, oh, DJ Shark was out. So I mean, he's yeah. missing a lot of weapons. And he, um, he, he had two 25-point games so far this season. Two in, in four weeks. It's inconsistent, but those are those are good games. Yeah, but I mean, and even like he put up 15 points against Philly, who's been a crazy defense so far this season. So like he's putting up, he's taking advantage of like the good opportunities and is playing adequate adequately against like the, the poor opportunities. So this week he is playing new England. So it's, you know, you lean towards more of a poor opportunity, but uh, surprisingly enough, the Patriots actually have not been very good against quarterbacks so far this season. Again, small sample size, but should be said they are uh, one of the top, 10 worst defenses against quarterbacks giving up over 20 points a game right now so with the way this offense is rolling maybe Goff keeps it going here um you know i can't say for sure he will because again small sample size for the patriots defense they are traditionally a good defense but every season is different and right now why not roll with Goff? that's a really good point and the patriots defense has definitely nipped me in the butt it was one of my big offseason defenses to have on your team and they just have not been performing. The Patriots just look like a completely different franchise right now. <laughs> I, I will say this, though. Um, how ironic that Jared Goff is totally outperforming Matt Stafford right now. Yeah. Oh, man, the Rams offense is a whole different, like, thing, right? I don't know. I don't even recognize this Rams team right now. Like, they are so far and away from what we've seen in the last few seasons. That's a whole different story. Yep. And if you don't know, we're recording this after the Monday night game, so we're fresh off of watching the Rams just completely shit the bed. Mostly Matt yeah. Stafford, who can't throw to anybody who um, is darker skin tone than him. So, <laughs> uh, let's just be let's just be honest, though. I'll, I will reel that back a little bit. His only like black receiver is Allen Robinson. So <laughs> that is true, but he's not exactly throwing it to the uh, the running back or anything like that either. Well, you thought you, you figured it'd be the white connection, but he just can't get it white. So it's just it's just not working out for him. Um, but moving on, um, let's talk about Corey Davis and the Jets. Corey Davis is rostered on twenty nine percent of in twenty nine percent of leagues. Last week was Zach Wilson's first game back, and Corey Davis seemed to be the favored receiver in that core. He had the most targets with seven. Um, going back to last year, him and Wilson already have decent chemistry because Corey Davis averaged uh, at least 12 fantasy points a game when both of them were playing last year. I think that was only seven games total, but so they already have a decent connection. If this continues to happen, RIP to Garrett Wilson owners, because all of Garrett Wilson's production has came from Joe Flacco. But are you interested in Corey Davis? No, honestly, um, this offense and the passing game specifically is volatile as hell. I don't think that week in and week out, you're going to be able to rely on one person. Um, I think sure. in this week it was Corey Davis next week. It could be Garrett Wilson. The week after that, it could be Elijah Moore. The week after that could be Tyler Conklin. Actually Conklin had a decent game himself still with Wilson back. So honestly, so far in the season, the guy I'm actually most interested in having as a pass catcher would probably be Tyler Conklin. Yeah, I know Tyler's Conklin. It's a, it's a thing. So many Tyler's. <laughs> so many Tyler. I I love that there's so many Tyler's that are fantasy relevant right now. It's amazing. Um, I want to. I mean, I want to add that to my list of Devontes, Javantes, and Tyler's. Yeah, there's a lot of them right now. It's perfect. <laughs> um, but I mean, he kind of kept it going. He had five targets, which is the lowest on the season. But he still had three catches, fifty-two yards. Um, had just under seven points, which is decent floor for a tight end, and especially this season, I, tight ends seem to be a lot like running backs right now, where like the guys you expected to be really good are just aren't right now. There's a lot of a lot of inconsistency coming going along. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's probably the guy I will be the most interested in having my lineup on a regular basis. Outside of that, the Jets receivers, I just I just can't trust it. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And to kind of counter my point with Corey Davis, with him being like favored with Wilson, he wasn't competing with uh, Garrett Wilson last year or Tyler Conklin. 
So he it was either you know him or Elijah Moore. So that is a good point. It's a deeper core, a lot more competition for him. So yeah, Corey Davis. Um, if you're in a deep league, maybe flex worthy, especially if you can get 12 fantasy points a game. It's definitely worth putting in your flex. But yeah, we, we kind of just defeated that with what we were just talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about um, Khalil Mack and Tupac's baby, Khalil Shakir. Rostered in 3% of leagues, like we touched on earlier. Isaiah McKenzie's in concussion protocol. Jamison Crowder broke his ankle. He might be the wide receiver three this week if McKenzie doesn't pass protocol. And, excuse me, Isaiah McKenzie, he's had three touchdowns in four games operating as the wide receiver three for the Bills. So that does leave Khalil Shakir in a pretty promising spot for a deeper play, right? Yeah, for a deeper play, and that's and a lot of it is going to be based off of you know McKenzie being in or out. Out um, if he's in, then Shakir becomes you know uh, an afterthought again. But if he's out, I would like to see what happens with his offense with Shakir in. Um, I'd be very interested in that and him. You know, see if he can take hold of some possession of this offense. It'll be interesting to see how that works out. Yeah, it's definitely a long shot, but I'd love to see it happen. That'd be a another jersey I would like to have. Just Shakir on the back of the jersey. That'd be nice. Uh, well, speaking of afterthoughts, let's talk about Mo Ali Cox. As is tradition, he exploded out of nowhere after not doing anything all year. He had six targets, caught all six of them for 85 yards and two touchdowns. He played 70% of snaps. All season, he's been playing around 50% of snaps. This seems like a one-off game, but as you were saying a little bit ago, the, the tight ends are just they're so unpredictable right now. Would you be interested in like picking up Moali Cox I mean shoot why not right tight ends are, are awful he might not he might be a, a decent stash if you have the roster space for him um I mean it, it, it's hard to say for sure but why not and you know if you're really hurting tight end maybe you can throw him to your lineup but I mean yeah just go with your gut I would say based off of who you have <laughs> in your roster and who's available on the waiver wire man yeah it just depends I mean if you want Cox in your life just pick it up man Let's do it. <laughs> um, while we're talking about the Colts, let's talk about Alec Pierce. He's rostered in 18% of leagues. He still hasn't played more than 50% of snaps all year for the Colts, but he does have 11 targets and 141 yards in the last two weeks. He's a bit of an athletic freak. He's 6'3". He's got a 40-inch vertical. And so far, every time he catches the ball, it's at least 20 yards. He's averaging 20 yards a catch. And it's pretty proven right now that besides michael Pittman, they don't really have a consistent receiving threat do you think he might emerge would you take a flyer on him yeah i mean i we, he was always a guy we talked about a little bit you know coming into this not so much coming into the season but once you know um training camp started and things like that we we heard a little more about him especially because he was the number two receiver in this offense coming into the season so yeah, I'm surprised he's actually rostered in so few leagues are right now. Um, I understand like he missed some games because of injury, whatnot, but I feel like he was probably a decent stash play regardless. Um, I could, I would like to see what his uh, kind of what his uh, graph would look like on based off of ownership from week one to week now, because I could also see him having higher early in the season being dropped because the offense was struggling, he got hurt, things like that. So I would have a feeling that earlier in the year. It was up probably over 30%, but regardless, yeah, mm-hmm. I think he, he should be back on fancy owners' radars and and should be a stash play right now. And This week could be interesting if they don't have Jonathan Taylor, short week, maybe they pass the ball a little bit more, and you know, it's pretty proven if he catches the ball, he's getting yards. Yeah. So um, that pretty much wraps up the Colts there. Let's talk about Josh. Uh, Josh. Josh. Josh Reynolds, <laughs> Josh. <laughs> Josh Reynolds, rostered in 33% of leagues, uh, Lions wide receiver, if you didn't know by now, he now has three straight double digit fantasy performances. If you're playing half PPR, he has 18 targets, 177 yards and a touchdown in the last two weeks. He consistently plays a lot of snaps for Detroit. He plays more than 80% of snaps in most games. You interested in Josh? Yeah, I mean, honestly, right now, this is the weirdest sentence I've probably going to say all season. I want as many shares of this Detroit offense as, as I can. <laughs> I couldn't even, it was so weird. I couldn't even get it, get the words out of my mouth just now. Like, it was so hard <laughs> to say that. But, like, 
This offense is absolutely explosive. And he, he was doing putting up these numbers before Amaran went out, then continued to do it when Amaran or yeah, when Amaran was out. So like, why not? I mean, this is just a guy that like he's just being productive and he's taking advantage of his opportunity. I mean, I there's nothing else to say. Like, I give me give me the shares. It's so weird, dude, it's so hard to say this. Give me shares of the Lions offense, but I want them. <laughs> Uh, man, that is a good point, and I do wish James was here to talk about him because uh, he called it last year when uh, Amon Ra started exploding. He said well, they finally have another receiver to take the heat off of Amon Ra, which was Josh Reynolds. Yep. And so, yeah, Jimbo's always uh, liked him some Josh Reynolds. And I wish like Jim we was here so early. I could throw his TJ Hawkinson's take right in his face. Oh man! I, well, I was I was on his side. Remember, we were like, if he gets less than five fantasy points, you cannot talk about him. He said, he said, if he doesn't score a touchdown, we can't talk about him again this season. But yeah, oh yeah, screw the multi. Oh, don't worry. Come Wednesday when we do the star sits, it's going down. Oh man, uh, let me throw this at you. It, it's kind of crazy because you could technically start someone like Jared Goff, DeAndre Swift if he's healthy. Um, Amon Jamal Ross Williams, if he's not, though. Yep. And TJ Hawkinson, if he continues to do that and have a pretty solid fantasy team. <laughs> I know. Dude, we're talking about four or five fantasy relevant players for the Lions. When was the last time that happened? I'll tell you what. Never. They've was, never had more than one. <laughs> they've never had more than two. I say, because like if you go way back in the day, it's like Barry Sanders and nobody else, right? The only time they had probably two guys before this season was when they had the combination of Matthew Stafford and Calvin Johnson. Yeah, that's the only other example I can think of. Yeah, yeah. It's, There's no one else. It's insane. That just shows how like how weird every fantasy season is or NFL season, and how wild things can just they just change so drastically. And just to drive the point home on Josh Reynolds, we were saying you know Detroit has a horrible defense, right? But what do horrible defenses do? They they uh, let offenses score quickly, yeah, and then that means their offense is on the field even more than they're supposed to be, which is great for fantasy players. So yeah, he's definitely an interesting pickup right now. Thirty-three percent of leagues, you know, definitely worth stashing if you uh, got some room. Absolutely. So let's talk about the most hurt, Raheem Mostert. He's rostered in fifty percent of leagues. Um, I thought this was pretty interesting last week. You know, he did have his biggest week of the season which is not even really a big week he had 15 carries for 69 yards but if you look at his uh usage and snap percentage it's slowly increasing while you look at chase edmonds it's slowly decreasing from week one Ch- you know chase edmonds week one played 68 percent of snaps it's gone down every single week and last week he played 28 percent of snaps and um meanwhile raheem moster played 72 percent of snaps last week so i mean their backfield is really iffy to me they both did have three targets between the two of them. Um, are you interested in Moser? It seems like he's becoming slowly favored in McDaniel's offense. Yeah, I don't think it's even becoming. Like, I think he is the most favored at this point. Like, like I said, every week it's been more Raheem and less Chase Edmonds. So Raheem is the guy you want in this backfield. He's available in your league. You should absolutely pick him up. Um. And then, and honestly, I don't see this offense changing too much with Teddy playing this week. Because uh, obviously, two has already been ruled out for week five. So we'll get to Teddy here here in a second. But I mean, right now, yeah, I think Raheem's the guy I would much rather have. He's also getting a lot more passing work than Chase Edmonds is. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a good week for pickups, man. There's a lot of guys you could pick up that can really make a difference for you if things play out right. And he's one of those guys. He definitely is. I will. Uh, I, I let me. I'm, I'm just gasking a question here. Where's Miles Gaskin? R.I.P. to him. Just completely faded away into that backfield. He is not getting used at all, dude. Dude, he wasn't faded away. He was pushed <laughs> off the boat with a fucking anchor tied to his ankles. <laughs> like he's oh, not, not to be seen. Now, granted, he has been out with injury since week one, which he didn't play in week one at all. But he's been inactive the rest of the season. Um, but yeah, no, he's not part of this team. Um, sucks for him because like he showed to be a decent back last year and the little bit of the year before like if anybody's like really hurting like I'm talking about like, act NFL at the, at the running back position why not go trade for Miles Gaskin you probably get him for a mega penis right now 
Yeah, and you you had a great metaphor, honestly. Yeah, save Gaskin from being uh, tied to the anchor, <laughs> dragged at the bottom of the ocean, because it's like they kept him, but they they completely forgot about him. They're just driving the boat, and he's just being dragged across like the coral reef, hitting with that fucking anchor. <laughs> they're just like, why? <laughs> what is that? Oh, it's Miles Gaskin. What's he's still here? What's he doing back there? I thought I thought we cut him. <laughs> oh man. Uh, well, continuing the little running back theme we got going on for a second, let's talk about Brian Robinson, aka Fifty Cent. Many, <laughs> many, 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 man. Maybe maybe twenty five cent with how many times he got shot. Yeah, we'll just call yeah call him Dime. He's he's a <laughs> I don't know whatever <laughs> yeah something like that. Um, but he's rostered in fifty six percent of leagues. He was activated off the PUP list after being shot twice just a month ago. I think it's literally been like four weeks. So he's obviously just a straight up dog, but um, now's the time to get him if you can't, because uh, he was a big offseason uh, hype guy and Washington's running game is horrible right now. So he, he is yeah. primed to just take that over if he can uh, just basically pick up what the hype that he had going on in the offseason after being shot. So 56% of the leagues, another running back that could really, really help you out if things play out right. No, absolutely. I mean, I said last week, I think this is the beginning of the end of the Antonio Gibson in, in Washington because, like, we saw last week his, his not just production, but his snap share just dropped out of nowhere. I think it's because of the anticipation of Brian Robinson coming in. So, yeah, if Brian Robinson does make his debut this week, I'm not going to throw my lineup right away because I highly doubt he plays a ton of snaps, probably just gets, you know, kind of get his, get his toes wet. But uh, after that, he's going to be a guy you're going to want to be in your lineup quite a bit. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I'm surprised he's even available in 53% of leagues. Like, um, had him in the offseason. We usually draft, you know, a week or the weekend before the season starts. I had him in a couple leagues. The shooting happened. And I was just like, I don't care. I'm keeping him. <laughs> yeah. When the like, shooting happened and they said that he was absolutely going to be able to come back and play again this this week pretty quickly, rather even. It's like, absolutely. He's a stash play the way he's playing. I also like the injury. The official injury designation right now is knee. <laughs> where did he get shot <laughs> obviously um, not I, his knee but no i think i think he did get get one in, in the thigh um but yeah like that it's it's a knee injury that's keeping him on the pup list right now oh, shit well he needs to take over that backfield i would love to see it we need more hey. running backs in the fantasy realm yeah i'm getting my puns back today um <laughs> Let's wrap it up with a few quarterbacks. And obviously, you know, I got to talk about a defense, but we'll get there in a second. Let's talk about Geno Smith, rostered in 19% of leagues. Your Seahawks are actually looking pretty decent offensively. Right now, Geno's leading the league in completion percentage. He's got 77% uh, completion rate. He's currently top 12 in fantasy points in both standard and PPR leagues. Nobody fucking saw that happen. I dare anyone to actually show that they said that because nobody saw that happening. Yeah. And he's got back to back 300 yard games through two touchdowns in both of those games. Now, obviously, this guy's not going to win you a league, but he seems like a pretty solid quarterback to have, especially if uh, once you start getting to the bye weeks, if he's continuing to play like this. Right. I mean, in in deeper leagues or the two quarterback leagues, he's he's a really nice like second QB because he has a he seems to have a really high floor right now. Um, mm. It's it's crazy. Um, if he takes away the chances of drafting one of the top quarterback prospects. I'm being a little pissed because obviously he's not the future, but that's just coming from a Seahawks fan in general. Um, but I mean, dude, I don't, I honestly, I'm impressed if he keeps that, by the way, if he keeps that 77% uh, completion percentage for the season, if he can be that, that's an NFL record. If he does that. Uh, what's the highest? Was it um, not Tannehill? I'm thinking of another Dolphins quarterback, Chad Pennington. Does, doesn't he have the record? We're talking like 15 years ago at this point. Oh, man. Or maybe it's career completion percentage for Chad Pennington. But that's really impressive. 77%. I mean, there's probably very few guys that have finished a season with more than 70 in recent times. Um, Yeah, it's not a lot. Time. So the number one guy is actually Drew Brees. Uh, he had 74.4. Actually, Drew Brees has the top uh, one, two, three. For six seasons for completion percentage in NFL history. Oh, man. 74.4 is number one. He did 74.3 twice. 
and 72% three times. How did I forget about him? Yeah, he's the obvious <laughs> go-to when you think about completion percentage. So, so yeah. but I mean, 77% three percentage points higher. That's a lot. Like you can see like all of Drew Brees is like a percentage point of away or even a tenth of percentage point. Three percentage points in completion percentage over the course of an entire season is a lot. Oh, yeah, definitely. Especially with a league that's thrown, you know, 500 times a year at least. Seems to be the yep. average for a starter. Um, well, speaking of guys who like to throw the ball around, but a lot less accurately, would be Jameis Winston, <laughs> rostered in 43% of leagues. I put this on here. Um, I want to talk about him purely because he plays Seattle this week, who just got lit up by Jared Goff arguably a better quarterback, but they did give up 34 fantasy points to Jared Goff. So if Jameis Winston does come back this week, I think he's worth picking up if you need a quarterback. Yeah, no, no, I agree. I think he's a, he's a good streamable player. Um, and he's actually been good this season. So the, there's a weird thing about Jameis. I mean, it's, it's probably a weird anomaly. He's thrown five picks in the season, right? So he's kind of seems to be going back to like that Tampa Bay Jameis that we had, but for whatever reason, all five picks have come in the fourth quarter of the game. He's been perfect the first three quarters. And it's like when they ask him to go win the game, he pushes too hard and he messes it all up. So like the first three quarters, he plays within the system of the offense and does really well. And then like, hey, James, we need you to go win this. He goes, Aah! and just throws the ball to the other team. <laughs> oh, man, that is an interesting stat. I uh, I know he is playing pretty solid this year, but man, those fourth quarter picks are really fucking up his stat line. And his team. Up the fantasy points. Yeah, and his team. Yeah. Um, it, New Orleans also has been giving up a decent amount of points, right? So let's just assume it's another shootout between Seattle and New Orleans. Could be a good good game for him. Could be, yeah. Or actually, no, nah, actually, uh, other than to kickers for some odd-ass reason, the Saints have been a really good defense so far against all positions. So, chance of it being okay. a shootout this week, I say would be slim. Yeah, maybe I was looking at that backwards because I was looking at defenses last week and I was either impressed or not by the Saints. I think I was impressed <laughs> now that I think about it. But either way, I didn't remember right. You corrected me, which is why you're here. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's talk about our last quarterback of this waiver wire episode. Old Theodore Water Crossing. <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater, baby. <laughs> Only rostered in 2% of leagues, rightfully so, because we didn't know Tua was going to go down and just permanently damage his brain. Um, that's a rumor that I started just now. We don't know that. But... <laughs> Not that much of a rumor, man. <laughs> Come on. That that was bad. Yeah. I mean, that whole situation is bad. You know, it's really bad when the NFL fired the independent doctor, the one who's not actually even employed by the league. And they did the review and they fired him after multiple mistakes because with the whole Tua situation. So, uh, it, dude, it's bad. They're, they're talking about changing the protocol or changing the rules to the protocol to make sure something like this doesn't happen again. This is how bad this was skirted. So like this is a big deal, um, especially when you're when the NFL preaches player safety. And I know I just went way off topic when it comes to Teddy Bridgewater. I just had to get off that off my chest. Yeah, I I have a stupid counter to that that um, someone had to get the axe. Someone's got to take the blame for that shit, and they're not going to blame their own people. So well, it kind of makes sense. They you don't fire have the their, there, there's the reason, but there's the reason why they had the independent consultant there now. And so you don't rely on your team doctors because what happened in the past is that the team would then just pressure the team doctor by, no, he's going back in the game, right? And they're like, because if you don't, I'm going to fucking kill you. <laughs> you know, wink, wink. Here's an, here's an extra $1,000. Put his ass back in the game. Yeah, maybe. I mean, if he is from Miami, I, I don't think anyone has ever heard of a trustworthy Miami doctor. They're probably all real sleazy <laughs> and slimy. <laughs> like, actually, Okay, just to put that more in perspective, you love this movie, Any Given Sunday. The sleazy, slimy doctor in that, that was old school NFL. That's the way that shit worked. He got paid to put the players back on the field regardless of the safety that they, you know, or the harm it could do them. That was real life shit that they portrayed in a movie that is fictional. 
Ah, that's a good reference. What's that scene with like Lawrence Taylor? I think when he's in the locker room. Yeah, no, they're, they're, what they're talking about. He goes, "If you get one more concussion, you could die." But he's like, "I need one more sack to like to make this big bonus in his contract." Like that was a real thing. Those were conversations that actually happened. And now the whole point of these concussion protocols is to not allow that to happen. Yet it happened anyway when it came to Tua. Ah. Man, hopefully he's not a real casualty of that shit because someone I was always rooting for, hoping he'd be good. But yeah, man. Anyways, we went off on a tangent on that stuff. So <laughs> Had a few. If you tonight. haven't seen, if you haven't seen any given Sunday, you better watch that movie. I'm just telling you, best football movie ever. But so yeah, Teddy Bridgewater rostered in two percent of leagues. Uh, Tua already got ruled out for Week Five, which makes sense. He's got a good matchup against the Jets, so. I think, once again, we're kind of beating a broken record. If you're in a deeper league, two-quarterback league, definitely someone you could plug in there, right? Yeah, I think so. I think if you're streaming quarterbacks, I think Teddy is a decent streamable quarterback this week as well because of the matchup. And yeah, and he's been a serviceable quarterback in this league for a while now. Um, we he, we even thought of him as an up-and-coming quarterback before he you know destroyed his knee in training camp of, you know four or five years ago, whatever it was. Um, so like he's going to go out there and do his job. He's going to, he's going to be good. I think he's a guy who gives you kind of a safe floor, um, similar to Gino, you know, a good solid floor, not going to necessarily, you know, blow the roof off, but it's not necessarily going to lose you your fantasy week either. Yeah, that's a good point. I'm looking at his numbers from last year when he was the Broncos starting quarterback. Um, this is a, a decent sample size, but the first nine weeks of the season, he had, five 20 point fantasy games so he's definitely capable of being that guy and he has way better receivers now too with tyree kill Jalen waddle yeah and his coach is really creative their play calling this year this year has been really nice so yeah yeah he's definitely in a good good position right now um let's let's round it out with the defense of the week i think you should pick up it's really no secret right now though if you pay attention to anything fantasy wise it's going to be the Jacksonville Jaguars defense. Another crazy thing that I didn't think I would say this year, just like you were saying about the Lions, that right now the <laughs> Jacksonville defense is the number three defense in fantasy right now. They're averaging 12 points a game, fantasy-wise, and they're only rostered in 8% of leagues. I think this is the, the week that it kind of um, everyone finds out about them and everyone's trying to pick them up, and they have a really favorable schedule coming up. The next three weeks, they play the Texans, the Colts, and the Giants. And they've been yeah, forcing a good. lot of turnovers. Yeah, it's like it's one of the best upcoming schedules besides the Packers, I would say, for defenses. And they've been forcing yeah. a lot of turnover. I like it. And I like how, like, even though Indy seems like they might be up and coming, they did score 22 points against them in week two. I mean, they dominated Indy. So that could change. But I mean, shoot, man, you're right. Look at the look at the turnovers. A forced fumble in three or four games. And they have seven picks on the season so they have at least one pick in every season as well i mean that's just i mean you can't rely on turnovers but man when a defense is consistently doing it over the course of a quarter of the season at this point it's something you can kind of trust a little bit i think oh yeah i think it's one of the biggest telltale signs of a defense that i want is because you can't always rely on a team shutting shutting them down points wise because that's where you get the majority of your points from defenses you know you hold them to under like 14 or something, you get like five points. So everyone's scoring is weird in their leagues. But if you get turnovers and sacks, forced fumbles, that slowly adds up and allows you to have a 10-point game, even though they allowed 28 points. So that's what you exactly. want from a defense. Exactly. I mean, that's why the Cowboys last year, who weren't a great defense but forced a ton of turnovers and a lot of sacks, became the number one defense in fantasy last season. Yep. That's a great point. So... Jacksonville's defense, you should definitely go after them. If you're in a fab league, I would just say no one really spends fab money on defenses. You better be prepared to spend some fab money because there's going to be a couple of teams going after um, going after the Jaguars in your league. I guarantee it. Yeah, you don't have to spend a lot. I'm sure you can get them for, you know, four or five bucks. But, you know, that's more than you would normally spend on any defense. Yeah, I would probably spend like six. Yeah, if we're playing the prices right, just so I <laughs> <laughs> just so you beat me out. Like yeah, <laughs> yeah, but that's what you got to do in the fab leagues. So, yeah, I mean, is there anyone else you want to bring up? I think we pretty much talked about everybody that we wanted to. Yeah, yeah I think we've talked about everybody and probably a couple extra people that people aren't thinking of. So, no, I like it. 
Hell yeah. Pretty solid waiver wire episode. Uh, if you stuck with us this far and you didn't hear the beginning, make sure you follow us on Twitter at the FF Fathers. Whatever platform you're listening on right now, make sure you like and subscribe so you get notifications when we upload episodes. If you don't know by now, we do waiver wire episodes that come out on Tuesday. We also do um, start sit episodes that we split into two early game episode and then the late game episode concerning start sits. And those come out on Thursdays and Fridays, yeah, Thursday, th- sometimes we split them Thursday, Friday, sometimes just Thursday. Either way, look out for them. Yep. Tuesdays and Thursdays. Look out for us. If you like and subscribe, you don't even have to look out for us because you're going to get the notification. So just do that. And if you rate us, give us five stars. You just just do it. Even if you don't like it, I don't care. Help somebody out. <laughs> Help a brother out. Yeah, come on now. But uh, yeah, I think that pretty much wraps it up. Is there anything else you want to say, man? No. Nope. Good luck on your waiver wires this week. We'll see you on uh, Thursday. All righty. And that's that. Bye.